Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look at... It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to another episode of Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I am a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a donkey tail pinner and I love films. As the Roman poet Quintus Horatius Flaccus wrote in 27 BC, a picture is a poem without words, and a silent film is a film without words, except the ones that are subtitles, and also I suppose the credits use words and stuff. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, and then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. This week my guest is the wonderful Jesse Cave. If you've never heard the show before, subscribe and check out previous guests including Ricky Gervais, Nish Kumar and Catherine Ryan amongst many other heroes and legends. Big news, I will be back at the BFI for a special live episode of Films to be Buried With with a very special guest on Tuesday, February 5th. Tickets are on sale now and it's already half full so go to the BFI website and get them fast. The last one with Will Porter was amazing so you won't want to miss this. You can keep up to date with other gigs and stuff by following me on Twitter at Brett Goldstein and on Instagram at Mr. Brett Goldstein. If you really enjoy the show and you want to support it and get more content, please come and join me over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get extra guest questions, you'll get videos, you get guest list tickets, recommendations and all sorts of other treats. From this episode alone, there are three extra questions that Jessie and I discuss, including what is the film that changed her perspective on something, and the answer is genuinely beautiful. Best of all, if you become a Patreon member, you don't even have to hear this bit about becoming a Patreon member. You just get the episode completely unencumbered, there's no ads, there's no Patreon ads, there's nothing, just the pure gold episode. Give it a look over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So... Here we go. I was well excited to have Jessie Cave on the show. If you don't know her, she is a comedian, she's an artist, she's a playwright, she's everything. And as you'll hear, she's also the most requested guest I've ever had. Go and see her show Sunrise because it goes on tour, I think, very soon. And it's absolutely brilliant and you will love it. So that is it for now. Sit back or get on the running machine or be in the shower or whatever it is you do when you listen to this. And I very much hope you enjoy episode 27 of Films to be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. My name is Brett Goldstein and I'm joined today 
by. Where do I start? By a wizard, a cartoonist, a mother, a stand-up, a writer, a genius, and a published playwright. Please welcome to the show the incredible is Jessica. Hi. Thank you that so much nice. for being here. Thank you. It's really hard to. I, I never. I don't even say what I do when people ask me what I do anymore. I say it's just not worth. It's answering, not worth the list. Really. We haven't got time. <laughs> I don't know what I do <laughs> with my life. Um, let me tell you a couple of things, if I may. Firstly, you're the most requested guest I've had on this show. I've had so many messages saying, "When are you going to get Jessica on?" And to be honest, the reason it took so long is that we'd never met. And everyone else that I've had in the show was sort of people I knew, and you and I had never met. And I and it got to the stage where I'd done the show enough, and I thought, okay, it's got enough of a backlog that I can get in touch with you. And then I went to see your show, and I'd never seen you do stand-up, and I'd never seen anything of yours is the truth, other than I knew your cartoons a bit. And your show, Sunrise, which is on tour next year, yeah. is fucking brilliant, and it blew my mind, and I had no idea. It's so good. I loved it. I oh, think you. you're brilliant. Oh, that's so And I'm nice. so delighted. And now I'm like, yeah, of course. That's why everyone's asking for her to come. She's fucking brilliant. So thank you for oh, being here. No, I'm, 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 I hope I'm, I'm not a really bad guest on this. I mean, people no. that know me know that I'm not a big film person. Oh, perfect. <laughs> that's why no, they were all no, no, no. requesting not. You. I can't concentrate for that amount of time. So films <laughs> really? are quite difficult for me. I get up about five times every, even in an hour, watching an, an, an hour show, I get up about five times. Oh my God, you're my nightmare. I, 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 you, I am everyone's nightmare. I, I talk throughout. Oh my God. I know. I, I comment as if it's sport. Oh, Jessica, <laughs> this is a disaster. I just can't be like, I can't make sounds as things happen. So if somebody hurts himself, oh, Okay, and oh, where, okay. where are they going? What they, where, why is she opening that door? I, 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 people and do people me. go, well, you're asking a lot of questions because you keep leaving the room and you've missed the reason she's opening yeah. that door came up when you was out the room. Yeah, five I, times. exactly, exactly. So I say, what just happened? And they're like, you could have watched it. And I say, but no, just tell me. And then we've missed another five seconds. I pause it. I use the pause button Oof. all the time. Oof, I mean, I'm not liked. What? What? Hang on. What about when it's like your own film? Like, have you you've been at like Harry Potter premieres or something like that? Do you still get up a lot and go, "What's going on? <laughs> Who's that?" I just don't watch anything I'm in. Just oh, really? I just can't. And also, I'm not in that much, so it's, it's quite easy to avoid me. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I don't know what it is. I just feel like I should be doing something as well as watching the film. But the happiest I've been watch in watching experiences is when I, I do force myself to sit there. And, right. Uh, I also drink a lot of water, so I just need to go to the toilet all the time. So cinema is quite like a... I have to really, really mentally prepare to go to the cinema. Sounds like a sort of water torture for you. Cinema <laughs> is like a real gruelling ordeal. I run to the toilet, run back. And then if, I, if somebody's sitting in the way of the toilet, so I have to, like, you know, ask to... <laughs> sorry, can I just... They hate me even more. I, I hate it. I feel quite trapped. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm getting better as I get older which is good. Great. Okay. Uh, yeah. This is perfect. Um, <laughs> I wanted, I've got so many things to ask you, but one thing I wanted to ask you about your show, if we can talk about it very briefly, your show is very, very, very personal and autobiographical. And what I was interested in is you name everyone in the show that you're talking about, their real names <laughs> and stuff, and we don't have to go into it here. But I do shows that are autobiographical and personal, and I always hide, always disguise the people. And you very much didn't. And I was thinking about that afterwards and I was like, I wonder, 
but you're very nice about everyone. To be fair, there's nothing. I don't think you say anything. I don't think anyone you talk about comes out badly in the show. And I, I wondered if that was a rule you had, or like, what is your, or if it's just how you do it, and you don't even consider it. But is there a thing of like, if I'm going to talk about everything, do you have any rules of what is private or is nothing? Is my question. I just yeah, I definitely didn't have any rules because I sat down to write it and. I wrote it only for me. So right. was, why would I change the name? <laughs> Just for me. Um, so when I sat down and wrote it as a form of therapy and as a, a way of trying to move on from a breakup, mm-hmm. it was um, it was it was just something that just poured out of me. And, and then I had written it, and I not to be kind of oh I think I'm great, but I, I read it and I thought oh this would be really I think this could work on on stage yeah. in a, in some form of show. And then I showed it to my director and he agreed. And, and so it just became just a really qu- – the quickest process I've ever had of, oh, really? of being like, let's just do it. And then I had the best experience ever and I'd really recommend it for anyone who's thinking about doing a show is I just did readings. I didn't do shows. I did – I sat down in front of an audience and I just read it. Oh, wow. And then I edited it from those readings and, you know, re- quite small audiences but – so I wasn't pretending I was doing a preview. Yeah. I was just sitting and reading it. And I, as that process happened, I did about 10 of them. It, it really shaped it. But because I was doing those readings, it felt like they were in my living room and it felt like, of course I wouldn't change their names and of course it's all real. And Because I've been so open about breaking up and being a mother and yeah. I just didn't feel any need to hide it really. But the, the, the only rule I had mm-hmm. is if I was going to be that honest about things that had happened with him or with anyone else, yeah. I had to be as honest ab- about my behaviour too. Yes. Never, ever just give my own opinion about something or my own reaction. I just always wanted to to give both sides or at least show that I don't think I'm perfect and I didn't behave well. And in in a way, I'm way more hard on myself than I am on anyone yeah. else. Yeah, it's, um, it's a real self, uh, what's the word? critical or I mean yeah. you come out listen you come out of it beautifully but 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 I behave badly yeah, in certain you're... ways and I know that and so I tried to just make sure that I was as open in a in a as fair a way as possible was there any conversation with uh the people you're talking about where you go I'm going to do this thing I would like you to read it first was there anything yeah, like that yeah oh, absolutely okay. yeah so because out at my my boyfriend well my the father of my children Alfie is 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 the show is 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 a letter to him yeah <laughs> Um, and I talk uh, very – the whole show is about sex, and I did not mean for that to be the case, but it's, it's every story has something to do with sex. And um, there was one particular scene where I I made up the phrase. I don't know if it is – I don't know if it's a thing, yeah. but time stamping. Is that a thing? Do you know about that? Time you know how a photo has a, yeah, has a time stamp? Yeah, time stamp, yeah. So I time stamped a sexual experience he had. Um, and he was a bit worried about me timestamping. I basically, I say that we had sex after we broke up because I went to this thing. And yeah. he thinks, well, so I, I thought I should tell him that I was going to write about us having sex. Right. Because I thought, because we had broken up. Yeah. Didn't want to <laughs> inhibit him from having sex with anyone else. Right. So I thought I, I better just tell him that um, I'm going to talk about this. Um, and he was he was a bit worried. <laughs> was he like, just make sure you tell everyone I'm single? He was just, just I don't, please don't put a timestamp on it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, he didn't actually say that I made up that phrase, but he, yeah, yeah. He, he agreed. But he was so great about it. And and I also showed him another story about me having sex with a, a new person at mm. a Harry Potter convention, yes. um, which I thought he might get upset about. 
But he didn't when I was annoyed about that. I wanted him to be, I wanted him to be more upset than he was. Right, I'm changing that, I'm changing uh, that story. We had loads of sex. Oh, exactly. And it was the best sex I've ever had. I wanted him to be quite heartbroken about it, but he wasn't. But he was, he read it fairly and yeah. was like, okay, this, I can see why you would want to do this and would want to put it out there. And then he, he gave his opinion, but then he allowed me to do it and wanted me to do it and encouraged me to do it. And the truth is I would have, I wouldn't have done it anyway. I, I think... If he had been upset, I wouldn't have done it. Right. I hope. <laughs> yeah, well, you I don't never know. know. But he was quite open about it. And, and he's seen it. Actually he's seen, seen it. it a few times. He saw it. He's, when he first saw it, was it harder to perform it? Or? No, because he's just annoying. He's the best, most supportive person. I think when you give birth in front of someone, a stra- <laughs> he was essentially a stranger. And I got we, we had a one night stand and I got pregnant. Okay. Um, so we our our learning curve for each other yeah. was so steep, and we immediately were in very deep water, and that is as echoed really with our our shows because I had barely performed really when I met him, and I he's seen me really go into situations which I would never have thought I would have been in. So he came to a, an early preview of this, and we went down to Margate together. Right. And he, I was really scared about the preview, so he just said he'd come with me, which was really nice. And he watched me do it, and it was so rough, yeah. so rough, and um, really emotional and really raw and, and, like, really not edited well. And it would have been lovely maybe for, for him to have just come to, like, one of the last shows I did at the Soul Theatre and, and for it to be kind of polished and yeah. ready. And I, I'm ready for criticism. I'm ready to be to show it off. Yeah. Because I, I want, be, I'm, I, it's finished in my head, even though it's never finished. But no, he came, he came to one of the, the <laughs> one of the rawest. Wow. But he's then he's seen he's seen it, you know, in every stage. Do, um, did you find this is the last thing I'll ask you on it? Maybe uh, I, when I, my first stand up show was a, was a very autobiographical story about my dad and a, a year in our life that was very insane. And before I wrote it. I said to my mum and dad, I sat down and said, look, I'd like to do a show about that time in our life. But A, I need to know that you're okay with me doing that. And B, that you promised never to see it. Because I realised if they, if I knew they were coming, I'd write it differently. Mm. And in the end, what I did, I don't think it's in any way, I think it's very loving towards them. But I felt I'm going to be very self-conscious. There's a different show if they're going to be in the audience. You know mm. what I mean? That's how I felt about it. Anyway, in the making of it in the when I was previewing it and stuff it's quite a dark story really but I was making it as funny as I could but there were early I remember one early preview but you know the final show was funny and it was great but there was maybe my third preview of it where afterwards a woman in the audience hugged me like really tight and she went I'm so sorry that happened to you and I said you know it was meant to be a comedy and she said oh was it (laughs) and I wondered if you'd had like, was there a time where, where did you ever do like versions where you're like, oh God, this isn't funny, it's too raw, it's too. Yeah. And definitely. you had to t- tailor it to, you know. Definitely. You found the... And that was the great thing about doing the readings is that I realized, yeah. okay, I've just been, I've just been quite, I've just been crying for five minutes <laughs> on stage. It's not really what people are paid for. Um, but what I realized is that if you earn the crying, yeah. so I, if I had, obviously I didn't cry every show, but if I, had done a few paragraphs of quite intense yeah. things. I would then, I would then have to earn their laughter back. So I would then try and be as funny as possible for three paragraphs, and then yeah. so I just did it paragraph by paragraph. 
But I did get a lot of those kind of moments as well. People being like, you're so brave. Yeah. Um, it's. I know we make fun of that brave word now, but um, it was quite sweet, the people who did say that to me. But it wasn't brave at all. I'm not, I'm not being brave. I'm doing... I'm saying stuff that's people are actually much more sophisticated. They don't need to say this kind of I'm I have to say <laughs> yeah. everything. I'm being yeah. lazy because I'm just expressing it. I don't yeah. have any any control over my own I don't have any willpower. Yeah. It's not um, a choice. So yeah, it's I a condition. I did I did find that and but then I also learned that you can go through you can it can be not funny f- as long as you make it up in the end. Yes. As long as they end on a not necessarily a laugh, but they they come out feeling like it was uplifting in a certain yeah. way. You don't yeah, want to ever yeah. come out of a comedy show and it to be you just feel sad. <laughs> yeah. when you come out. So as long as they went out all right, then I think that's okay. There's nothing worse than uh, crying on stage and seeing someone check their watch in the audience. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that would be. But then again, I that's what I learned throughout doing the show so many times, and hopefully what I learn on tour and again is that you think people are not enjoying it because mm. of what they're doing in the audience, like the front row, and you you notice every movement they do and yeah. every foot movement and every, like, frown. But actually, they might be applauding the most at the end and they might have actually really loved it. So yeah. you just can't take the audience's emotions for granted. You don't know what they're feeling or yeah. thinking. And I was so... Because I was doing something that was so so kind of splaying myself open for them. I would get really upset if I saw people not yawning, but like looking not particularly interested. Yeah. Or I would get really upset by it. So I learned to block them out. But then I, by the end of the process, I've learned that actually to give them a break as well. They don't, you don't know what they're feeling. Sometimes I, I like, go, I like going to see stuff and check what my face is doing. Yeah. Sometimes you realize, oh, when I'm really into something, my face might look well moody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I realize, oh, right, that's what an audience yeah. might be doing. I do that too. And I don't yeah. laugh out loud. I'm the worst oh, person. God, you're awful at watching stuff. No, I, I am. Walking out, laugh, no, but not I, laughing. I, but I'm because I'm a nice person, I force myself to laugh out loud, which yeah. is completely unnatural. But I, I do. I don't really laugh out loud at very much stuff, um, which is what I realized when I was thinking about these kind of very last question on this and we may not include all of it but i'm fascinated and thank you is uh now you've done the show an awful lot and you're doing it more is it now a performance and and or is it still something you feel and do you know what i mean it's like looking at a photograph now because it's not the situation now and the, the kids are older and i'm not destroyed emotionally Good. so I can look at the photograph and immediately feel those things and right. and and remember m- my little baby girl doing something and I can immediately transport back r- all too quickly because it's okay. not that long ago um but I can then put the photograph down and, and move on whereas when I first did it I was still going through it and I didn't know what would the outcome would be and I did it for a reason which was to try and get closure and to try and be okay on my own. And I, I do feel like that now. I do feel like I've got closure and I am okay on my own. So, yeah, I've done the job. That's fantastic. Um, but I know I, I could be destroyed again, and I probably will be. So I, when doing the show, it's quite a good emotional exercise because I'm able to live those emotions for the hour and then, and then go home and be fine. So, yeah, whatever acting experience I have, yeah. I, I'm using. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've forgotten to tell you something. What? Oh, and it's so bad. I should have told you when you got here. Oh, no. Oh, it's awful that I didn't tell you this. What? Oh, man, I'm so sorry. I don't even know. Uh, 
I'm going to have to say it. It's so bad. I always forget. Uh, anyway, I'll just say it. Um, oh, fuck. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> you died. Oh, died. yeah. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Oh, I should have it? told you. Um, so. How did I die? Good question. <laughs> how did you die? I was looking at my iPhone. Oh. And I wasn't focusing yeah. on the traffic. Oh, no. I mean, that is obviously the way I'm going to die. Like, I... I should die every day, the amount I look at my iPhone and the amount I don't look across the road. I like you taking this seriously. What what was it that, that got this you? Is, this, I'm using this as a lesson. I need, yeah. to, <laughs> I need to walk back home and not look at my iPhone. So you're looking at the iPhone. Headphones in? Yeah, all the things you shouldn't do. Right. All Headphones in. Okay, so you're looking at the iPhone, you're crossing the road. What? looking at someone's banal tweets. <laughs> shit tweet as well. Awful. Just, just nothing. It's not funny. It's not boring. It's just, just, just worse. It's just like, eggs today. No, not even that. <laughs> that was it's a good one. Like, it's not lunch yet, is it? Okay. Or something just really... <laughs> so you're looking at it, it's not lunch yet, is it? And you got hit by a car, bus, tram? A big car. A big car. So not a little... Like a like a 4x4? Four four. Yeah. A 4x4. Four four, one of them. Who's and driving? a woman very similar to me. Oh. Just some... Basically, she's replaced me. She wanted to get rid of me. Okay, so it was a it was a hit. <laughs> yeah, one eye for an eye. She was focusing on her iPhone too. She was reading your tweets, going, they're too good. Is they're too, too good. good. There she, yeah, she is. Bit too many retweets, but good. <laughs> and yeah, she she wasn't focusing either, and she's going to regret it for the rest of her life. But she's glad that there's one less of okay. somebody in a similar field, creatively. Who's <laughs> well, maybe she's going to write loads of uh, shows about. She's going to write those of them, yeah, because it wasn't her fault. It was my fault. I shouldn't have gone over on the red. I went over on the red man. That's the thing about having kids. Whenever there's a red man and I'm on my own, I do it because I can. But when I'm with them, I cannot walk on the red man. I have to wait to the green. Otherwise, they question me, and and Mm. it's just obviously a bad lesson to teach. So so now when I'm complicated, sometimes you can go on the red man. Yeah, no, it's fine. There's no one around. It's fine. They don't understand. So now, whenever I am alone, I really do. I, I rebel. So that's what happened. I, sh- I should have waited for the green man. You should have listened to what you taught your kids. Are you worried about death? Is it something that worries you? No, I'm not, which means I'm going to die very soon. <laughs> Such a word. I've only got more worried about death since having children because I love them so much yeah. and I think about them dying a lot because I, if the thought of them dying, I would, I, I would die. I would yeah. die out of heartbreak. So I don't. that's the only reason why I've thought about it more. Um, you're more worried about their death, not yours. Oh, yeah. You're not oh, worried definitely. about you guys. Definitely, okay. yeah. Do you think that there's a uh, afterlife? No, I wish I did. Oh, really? I wish it's... I could even be agnostic. I just wish I I I just wish I could have some hope about afterwards. But no, I think it's just done. You're, you're confirmed on it's nothing. Bang, blackout. I, yeah. No consciousness, nothing. Nothing. I just don't, I just <laughs> don't believe in, I don't believe in God. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> You look well, very no. disappointed. Listen, well, you know what? I'm not disappointed because basically I got a surprise. You're wrong. There's a bloody heaven. Is there? Yeah. Oh, my God. And annoyingly Who's for you. Who's God? Uh, well, God is the sun. The sun? Yeah. The actual sun? The actual sun. Or the sun of somebody? <laughs> no, the, the human oh, sun. Right. It's the sun. Okay. He's um, hot. <laughs> he's very hot. Very hot. So this, God is the sun, but okay. I thought, I, I'm sorry, I, I sort of keep that secret easily, but if you didn't know, God is the sun. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, long story short, yeah. the sun is God. <laughs> okay, thank you. And uh, uh, in heaven, they love films, which might annoy you a bit. Yeah. No, I think because then I think I'll have more time in, in heaven. Yeah, and I think them. maybe they'll cure you of 
whatever it is that makes you like a your bladder will be much bigger than ever yeah. <laughs> you have a massive bladder yeah <laughs> can, can keep all that water in and your need to think you need to do other things they'll go you did it you all did, you did it all and do you have right. any do, is there wi-fi in heaven do you have iphones no so yeah so i can't even check things there's just cinema rooms and like beaches Perfect. It's fucking And you great. can't get burnt, probably. Can't get burnt. Uh, the sun no, it doesn't matter just, how just like, young hey. you look anymore. You're in heaven. No, you're, look, you're dead. You're dead. You're very so your happy. face just freezes and you don't get older. It doesn't freeze in the face you were making when you got hit by the car, luckily. Oh, okay, oh, it was... So you're as if, that's, that's a, I don't really follow that through that logic, but that's great. Yeah, well, as in it freezes at the age you are. Oh, at perhaps. the age you are. Okay. Well, the age you good. Want I'm a good age. You're a great age. I'd love to die at this age. No, I wouldn't, obviously. But this <laughs> I mean, in terms of if you state it was a heaven, yeah. most people die older, so I would be a catch. You'd be an absolute catch in there, and you'd be cleaning up in all those cinema rooms, and you'd be, able, you'd be like, I can sit through a whole film now. <laughs> uh, now, in this heaven, all anyone wants to do is talk about your life, but they want to talk about your life through film. And the first question they ask is, what is the first film you remember seeing? I've been thinking about this a lot. I really don't remember the first film I watched. It's, a, it's an amalgamation of a lot of them. Okay. I've been thinking about I, the only the, the first cinema experience I definitely remember. Go on. And that was that was quite late. <laughs> that was Titanic. Wow. How old were you? I then? think I was ten. That's very late. Yeah, I remember vividly going to the cinema because I went on my own. What? I know. I went first of all with with my mum, I think, and my brother and my dad, maybe. But I went. I went because I loved it so much. I went on my own and I was allowed to go. My mum dropped me off and picked me up and I went on my own and watched that on my own at 10. Did you sit with people? Did you like find an empty room? No, I was on my own. Yeah, I sat on my own row. It was was, was not busy. But that was quite late. But there are films that I remember from that would have been out before Titanic. So Space Jam. Love Space Jam. That was, I, we had the video and just watched it all the time. And are you one of many children? Five, one of oh, five, wow, yeah. I didn't know that. But there were big gaps between, so it wasn't ever all five, but. Um, Which number are you? I'm number two. Okay. So there's like my older brother, me, and then two little brothers, and then my younger sister is 10 years younger, so it spans 10, yeah. 11 years. Same parents. Same parents. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Same parents. Same parents. Still at it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I remember Space Jam vividly. And then I also remember the Honey, I Blew Up the Kid and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids films. Loved those films. I loved them too. Yeah. So much. I think it was because the American, we, my mum and me kind of have the American dream. Yeah. And it was the houses, the suburban America, like normal family setup was so, the wide roads and the yeah. yards and the, the basketball. We always wanted a basketball net. Oh, really? And I think that's why I love Space Jam so much. I really was a big sports kid. I played all sports. And um, so we moved at one point. We would, I grew up in Ealing. Yeah. And we moved to Pinner because my dad's surgery was in, in Harrow. And we moved to Pinner partly to get a bigger house because my mum was pregnant with the fifth kid. And we moved there. And my mum made half of the garden concrete and then put a basketball net oh, in. Wow. And we had a tennis wall. And trying to be more American, basically, with yeah. having space. Um, but we, we only spied in Pinner a year before we moved back to Ealing. So did you want to be Michael Jordan? Was that your dream? I think I wanted to be... I wore, I only wore heavy sports kit until I was about 14. Really? I wore, you know, I still wear two sports bras a day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it wasn't... It, I did like that basketball idea. Yeah. But I think it was more just Michael Jordan. I just loved... Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's more just acting with cartoon characters. You're like, yeah. that's what it was. It was. It was just that was. It was amazing. It's such yeah. a. It was a really cool film. Yeah, that doesn't really happen very much anymore. Mixing that's those kinds of cartoons with Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough cartoons yeah. and Michael Jordan films. Yeah. So did you not always want to do one of the things you did, which is acting? And no, 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 never, never, really? never, never. I only started acting when I was 19. Did and you? I only started acting because I wanted to be, to, to make money, to, to fund drawing. Oh. So I never, ever was an actress. And it was just an accident, a, a really lucky, lucky, lucky accident. Was Harry Potter the first? It was, it was one of my first jobs. And it happened very, very quickly. And then I was suddenly now an, a reluctant out-of-work actress. Right. And then I kept drawing, went back to art school, and then just have managed to do two jobs. But because I never worked as an actress, yeah. really, I've done a few jobs, but I've been very, it's been very sparse. <laughs> I've just had to find a way of being creative and earning money. But How long were you drawing? When did you start drawing? I've just, so I did an art foundation after school. Okay. And then I... I dropped out of university after six weeks. Uh, well, I went to Manchester University to do English, but obviously I, I would I just couldn't do essays or anything. So I dropped out and then I started auditioning a little bit and then very quickly got Harry Potter and then thought that would change my life, but it didn't. Oh, really? And it was delayed, the film, because it was a re- the recession in 2007. Yeah. Um, the film was delayed to re- be released in 2009. So no one knew who I was because I'd never had any is acting what jobs. They did, what, they delayed it till everyone had money again? Yeah. <laughs> to afford tickets? For some reason, no. it was delayed a long time. Really? We started filming in 2007. The film wasn't released till 2009. Oh, um, so I had those two years where I went back to art school, kept going. And then by this point, I had decided I was going to start some form of my own things because I just wasn't yeah. working. So I started doing YouTube videos. Do you think that, that you started drawing so that you could eventually make Space Jam? After yeah. My dream is to make an animation. I like, and I've tried. I've done all the meetings, and just no one wants to make an animation anymore. Or if they do, I'm not involved. Oh, <laughs> I want to see it. All right. Well, this is it starts here. I really, really, really want to. Listening. And I, I, I really get moved by animation, kind of more than I do sometimes with film. I don't know why, but I. That's interesting. Like I've just always, I've, The Simpsons is one of my. I could watch yeah. The Simpsons all day. Yeah. Um, I know people who can't, like, connect with cartoons. I find it very odd. I, there was a girl I went to school with who, like, just c- literally couldn't watch anything animated. It, yeah. It, like, short-circuited her brain. It didn't mean anything to her. She, and I'd be, like, crying at whatever, Disney film, and she'd be like, what's going on? Yeah. Again, <laughs> Toy Story is one of my first films that I remember as well. Oh, and hell. then I've just relived that through watching it with my four-year-old. And yeah. I just – and he's, he started singing, we got a friend and me. <laughs> You got a friend in me. And he sings it kind of wrong like I do, but it's the sweetest thing ever. Uh, but mainly because I love Tim Allen and I love Tom Hanks. Yes. And actually in all the films I've chosen, like, Tom Hanks is kind of a either in them or a voice in them. Okay, well, here's what I would like to know next. What is the film that made you cry the most? So that's Radio Flyer. Oh, wow. And Tom Hanks narrates that. I forgot about Radio Flyer. And I just remember... Just crying and crying and crying. And it must be Elijah Wood. I think Elijah Wood just makes people cry. Because <laughs> as a boy, he was so yeah. beautiful. And he still is, but he just looks like an older kid, Elijah yeah. Wood. But as a boy, he was absolutely beautiful. And this film is just tragic. It's about um, two brothers who their mum and dad split up and then the mum marries a horrible man and they make he makes them call him the king 
and he beats them. Mm. And to try and feel a bit happier, they go on a make-believe journey of pretending and imagining and go into the... It's a, in the a weird no-man's-land-in-America type place. Yeah. And they, they try and build this machine that they'll be able to fly... Um, that's what I remember of it. I might be wrong, but no, I just remember right. just, I think any film at that point in time of kind of being before you were 10, anything that was about kids, orphans, yeah. parents splitting up, just had the power to just, just absolutely crush me. And because they were so sweet, these boys, and it was, they were so, it just, I've forgotten it just that really, I loved Little Elijah Woods. Little Elijah Woods is great. Yeah. He's in really good films as well. Yeah. He's a great actor. And he just seems one of the only cases of child stars yeah. that has ended up quite good. He's He seems fine. He's just kept working. And he produces a And he seems a like a nice now. guy. Yeah, yeah he produces and he's he's really good. And that I just feel like that surely, hopefully doesn't happen now, but kid stars who just become absolutely wrecked. Like I was watching his interview with Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. And I just say, like, oh, he's just... He was so, so fucked up. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think we're looked after more. Like, because I had experience of it on Harry Potter, because I, I mean, I was well, tw- were... I was 20, but okay. so the kids on it were younger. Okay, I was yeah. one of the oldest. And um, so I saw kids go to work, even as extras. And I've been around because my little sister was an actress as well from when she was a kid. And I've, I've been around stage mums. And I've also been around sports mums because I was a I was I played a lot of sport when I was growing up, so, I, so it's a similar vibe of sports mums and stage mums. <laughs> um, and if you are looked after well, yeah, you're okay. And I think that usually happens if you've got more siblings, because, and that and they don't do it. You'll yeah. you'll have to be quite normal when you're at home. But yeah, we took Johnny to see Matilda the musical, which Matilda the film is one of my favorite films as well around this time. Yes. But Matilda the musical, and I was watching all these kids on stage, and they were eerily good. Yeah, they're really good. It was. I, I can't believe how skilled they were with their yeah. bodies and their voices and their acting at that age. And the stunt sequence with the gym. I they mean, swing off into yeah. the, the... Oh, it's just amazing. Um, and I was just thinking, would I want them to do it? Mm. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just think it's just the coolest world. Yeah. And, and I don't... They probably they won't want anything to do with the creative industry. Probably they'll probably be bankers. But <laughs> I, I just think it is you can do it right. You can right, not okay. fuck up your kid if they're an actress or an actor. You made me feel better about that. You can. I hope so. I, I guess it's who who they're surrounded with. I think people like Macaulay Culkin had like bad people around, and, and that's one of the best yeah. things I learned from Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe was one of the nicest men ever, and he still is. And he was looked after so well. He was he was so humble cared about everybody talked to everybody right always felt like he was he was he had his head screwed on right and so you can do it you can you can if you're looked after well you can great so your kids can be stars i'm gonna make them stars <laughs> uh what is the film that scared you the most again it's probably something to do with dying and parents dying and and this is probably way too this is probably too young a film but stepmom with Susan oh, Sarandon. Oh, Julie Roberts. Yeah, and Julie Roberts. Because oh, the idea of well. your mum dying yeah. and handing over to another mother. Yeah. This is something I'm thinking about lots, and that's what I thought about lots during our breakup, thinking about another woman one day meeting my kids yeah. and being like, I'm your new mum. <laughs> God, it's so difficult, yeah. I would, I would break down and cry just thinking about it. So this film 
spoke to me because not only was it about a mum who was really great dying mm. and being good about handing over, even though they go through this. Yeah. She, at first, the, they don't like Julia Roberts at all. Um, it was about teaching your kids that they're going to be okay without you yeah. and doing something that's selfless. And I just it just broke me, and it still breaks me thinking about. Can I ask you, if, if God forbid it ever happened, you have to have a stepmom with your kids, who's your dream stepmom? For only, my kids. Yeah, who's the only person that you'd accept? Catherine Ryan. <laughs> Lovely choice. Perfect she choice. She would be great. Perfect she choice. She would be so great. Yeah, Catherine Ryan. Best, best answer you could have given. Thank you. She's like my idol. Yes, well, you've chosen well. <laughs> and she can take them to nice places. She's got such a nice house. Well, they'd have a lovely time. Yeah. She'd be inspiring. She'd be funny. She'd teach them right. Yeah. An excellent answer. Good. What is the film that's meant to be bad, sort of critically not liked, most people think it's shit, but you love it unashamedly? You're like, this is the one. So I think I'm, this is dangerous. And I don't know if it was critically not liked at no. the time, but I remember loving it. And this might have been because, well, I'll tell you what it is, Shallow Hal. Okay. Okay. And yeah. I, <laughs> I can see you, like, get a bit worried. Go on. Okay, we the reason t- is because I wasn't a thin teenager. Okay. I was not fat. Yes. But I was, and I've struggled with weight. Like, I'm not a naturally thin person. I have to really work at being thin. Yeah. Or thin-ish. I'm happy with thin-ish. But only because of acting. I wouldn't, I, the industry is so, so shallow. That you have to be, you just have had to tick the boxes sometimes. So this film is so rude and it's so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it's Gwyneth Paltrow. Like she's she's the the most beautiful, thin, brilliant woman. Like and and it's just so so silly. It's just such a silly concept. But it's it's just I I can't I just find it quite fine to watch. I don't love it, but I definitely can watch it. It's a great it's, answer for this question. And it's partly because of Jack Black. I think Jack Black could do no wrong. I, I love absolutely love him. I love him. And I also, I, I, I really, really like Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, I think she's great. <laughs> and this is really embarrassing. But so when I thought I was going to try and be an actress, yeah. um, I thought, oh, I should go to drama school. I should learn. So I applied for RADA. And I, this is, this is, I can't believe I did this, but at my... I had I got through to the second round I think mm-hmm. maybe even maybe maybe I didn't even do that but they ask you some questions you have to do all these shit animal exercises and what animal you like to be and I stupidly chose flamingo which when I when I had to be the animal like run around the room and I everyone was you know crawling or but I for some reason forgot that flamingos do have two legs not just one and I started hopping around the room and everyone was like what animal were you and I was like flamingo obviously <laughs> the hopping one. <laughs> Anyway, then later on you have like an interview and they yeah. ask you who inspires you as an actress. <laughs> and I hadn't prepared. I didn't, I could, and, I, and I've said to you, I don't remember things yeah. from films. I don't, but I, I, for some, I think I had just watched Shakespeare in Love, which is great. great. So I was just like, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's an interesting choice. Why, why do you say Gwyneth Paltrow? And I blanked and I, I just said, because her eyes, <laughs> her eyes are like the window, windows, they're like windows. And they just looked at me like, well, you're going home then. <laughs> and I'm, I stand by it. it. I think her eyes are brilliant. Yeah. And I just saw on Instagram yesterday, she's doing a co-parenting Christmas with Chris 
from Coldplay. She's got all of that. She's got her new husband's stocking hanging alongside her stocking, hanging alongside Chris's stocking, hanging along Apple and Moses's stocking. And I think that's quite cool. I think that's really cool. Yeah. So I, I stand by it. Can I tell you that only I love Jack Black. I love Gwyneth Paltrow. I even like the Faradays. The problem with Shallow How, if I may, is that the concept is a paradox. It doesn't make any sense because the point of the film is looks don't matter. But to tell you that looks don't matter, they have to have Gwyneth Paltrow as what he sees on the inside. So they're saying this woman who is very large on the inside is what counts, but on the inside she looks like Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. It don't make no sense. Yeah, he's attracted to her. He's attracted to her, but to, to make that cinematic, they make her Gwyneth Paltrow. So then you go... So what's the message? Yeah. If you look like Winnie Paltrow, you're all right. And she doesn't give any personality insight. Why is he attracted to her? It's only she looks like Winnie Paltrow. Exactly. Not because of her personality. It's a a real But it is a dilemma, isn't it? Because attraction is is the first thing we go for. So it does, it's really difficult. Listen, we've talked about this on the podcast, but Disney gets that. Disney doesn't lie to us. In in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, he doesn't get Demi Moore. No. Because he's a hunchback. (laughs) Yeah. And Disney, even Disney is saying, look, mate, it doesn't matter how good your personality is. She's going to go with Kevin Klein. Does he not get her in the end? No. Oh, no. He ends up with the soldier, Kevin Klein. And Kevin Klein's not a bad guy in it, but Hunchback's the better guy. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I didn't ever question it because I'm so thinned by every, I'm, everything. I've grown up wanting and thinking that Britney Spears is tummy, is what you should have. Yeah. and. That's you, if you're not thin, you're not going to get jobs, and people won't find you attractive if you're not thin. I've just grown up with that because I'm un- annoyingly of that age. Yes. My daughter won't have that situation. It's such a better industry now. We are a bit more open. I mean, most people on TV are still very thin, yeah. but you do have a few size 12s. Yeah, nothing um, about. M- maybe size 10, maybe not yeah. quite size 12. Um, but yeah, so I, that was a perfect, the film came out when I was in that frame. So, it was the only film about this kind of thing yeah. that I could yeah. laugh at, and um, but yeah, somebody then somebody then tweeted or something a about how hideous the film was and how disgusting mm. it was, and recently, yeah. like how could we have found that entertaining? And I was like, oh, sorry, I, I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's then I I thought funny. about it since, and and that just shows how warped I was and how how badly yeah. I was educated, really. Yeah. That's a, a fantastic answer. Can I just say, so far, you've been brilliant. All your oh, answers, you. we haven't had any, uh, none of these have come up before, except okay. Titanic, maybe. But that's fine. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. 
Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Right. What is the film you used to love? You used to love it. And you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh dear, this doesn't hold up. This is very bad. Or dated. 500 Days of Summer. Interesting. Go on. Well, because when I watched it, I watched it twice again at the cinema. Yeah. I think this was one of my phases of, I don't know when it came out, but I think it was one of the phases of time where I was trying to be an actress and failing and was not working and so had a lot of time. Right. And I wasn't, didn't have a boyfriend, I wasn't really dating, I just felt quite stuck. And uh, Zoe Deschanel yeah. and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who yeah. I've always loved from He's Third Rock from the Sun. excellent. He is, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I fell in love with them as a couple and her quirkiness and mm. stuff as Summer, I really liked and was on board with. And the, <laughs> But then I, I watched it recently. I even listened to the soundtrack loads. I really loved the soundtrack, mainly because I have such bad taste in music. Any film I like, even remotely liked, I listened to the soundtrack. I'm like, that's fine. I can listen to that. Um, <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> but, yeah, it's really cheesy, the film. And it does have lots of gaps that I don't quite... I don't believe why they wouldn't want to be together. And then at the end, when the next girl is like, I'm Autumn. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. It's, it's, it just, at the time, I really watched it and I engaged with it. Mm. And I thought it was actually quite an interesting idea about, I think it's a, as a film, it's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a great, it's really interesting. It's a great device to get through a lot of information about a relationship yeah. day by day. Or not exactly 500 days, but... It's a, it's a great filmic device, but as a, it doesn't, it could be so much better now if it was remade. And so, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't hold up. But then a lot of films that, so for instance, I was thinking about The Net with Sandra Bullock. Oh, yeah. Which I wow. just absolutely loved. Yeah, that is very dated. But that yeah. was probably but dated then it's when just it dated, came out. Exactly. And so there's things like that where I'm like, yeah. it doesn't hold up. And now you just can't watch that kind of internet or yeah. phone and be like, well, that's just, that's not real. Like, I, it's and, like making a film called Vind. Exactly. Like you're in real trouble. Exactly. Yeah. So you, it's interesting. Are we going to stay, do you think it will keep developing like that? The only We can still watch old films where they don't have any mo- mobile phones. But I don't know mm. if I can connect anymore with the, with the area of time where there is, there are, there is the internet, there is yeah. phones. But I just can't engage with that anymore. I'm very wary whenever I'm writing stuff or stuff to have any kind of... Instagram or Twitter or something because you go this probably will be something else in yeah. two years and we don't know what it is yet and suddenly this will look really embarrassing I know but then like, I, I go the other way and I right. think well this is actually the way we communicate yeah. now and the way we live so actually you have to go more you have to lean just in. include it and you lean into it because it's gonna I mean I was at a the, the first nursery like sing-along thing he did yesterday and every single parent was on their phone watching it and I was the only one, me and Alfie were the only ones not on our phones watching it, mainly because I just felt a bit, I just didn't understand why we were. We could take a photo after or I don't yeah. But it just is the way we live now and everyone does it. And, and that's what I'm so worried about with the future mm. is the idea, and that's why I so want him to watch films like Toy Story, watch films that aren't involved with, with this kind of level of yeah. technology Whenever we're on our phones around him or whenever we're just, I just try and hide. The, I just don't want the film, I don't want the phone involved yeah. in our lives right now. But it's just, it's just, you can't stop the other parents doing it. It's, I am with you. It's something that concerns me. And I think we've all gone mad and I, I am guilty of it. I get 
caught up in, like as in when you see people at concerts and everyone has their phone up and you think, well, what are we doing? Like I've, I've done, I get the, I get the impulse of going, oh my God, there's Lauren Hill. I must prove I was here. Yeah. I mean, you must, I must, in this moment, I want, you won't, you won't believe it. Lauren Hill's here. I must get this. But equally, what the fuck are you doing? You're, yeah. you're with Lauren Hill and now you're holding a phone in the way. I think it will it's become... Mad. Like we all, we're all policed by it. So we have curfews. We have the screen time oh, limits yeah. become actually Mandatory. a law. I, I think that, that I think that that will happen. I love that. Yeah, I think it's going to get quite scary. Oh no! But I so that's why films bit. like that. <laughs> that's like the net and stuff like that. I, I, yeah, they just don't. They just don't hold up for me. Yes. And um, equally with Five Hundred Days of Summer, because that that was kind of pre-internet dating, pre-Tinder. Yeah. It just. I watch it now, and I'm like, I don't believe this. I haven't watched it in a long time. I don't think I've watched it since it came out. But what I always remember about 500 Days of Summer, which I really liked and thought was very moving and stuff, I don't like. And I remember it so clearly that the very, very beginning of the film has a dedication. And it says, this is not about Julia. I don't remember the this name. This is of not the a love story. This is not a love story. This is not about you, Julia. And then it goes dot, 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 bitch. And I always hated it. I hated it. First time I saw it, I was like, well, don't call her a bitch <laughs> before we've even... And then the film's quite romantic and sweet and yeah. stuff, and you go, it's a really horrible... I don't remember that. Yeah. I do I... remember that this is not a love story. Yeah. And this is not about you, bitch. Yeah. And I was like, oh. oh and I think that the film had a a voiceover throughout. Right. yes. Kind of a old, like an old Hollywood-type voice throughout the film, which again, is quite an easy way of getting in information. And yeah. I feel, I, the film was popular and did do really well, but w- I'm, I, I'm too sarcastic now to right. watch it, or maybe too broken. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good answer. Again, hasn't come up. Loving this. What is the film? It's my favourite question, by the way. What is the film that has the most meaning to you? Not necessarily the film itself. Film might be average, but because of... The memory you have around that film might have been you saw it on a first date, might have been the day someone died, could be anything. What's that film? So it would have been 2015 yeah. and Godzilla. Okay. <laughs> so me, I was, I was new, I was just pregnant, um, completely by shock and very scared and very... First, first baby. Yeah. First baby. And yeah. so me and Alfie were, we were, we had decided we were going to have the baby together and we hadn't quite said anything about what was going to happen with us, but we were tentatively kind of dating right. without realizing. And we went to see Godzilla. Bear in mind, I have no interest in seeing Godzilla. Like, why would I want to see Godzilla? But we went for some reason to the Camden Odeon, and I had a massive spot on my forehead. Um, <laughs> And Alfie is one of these people that is, he's annoyingly observant. Right. He noticed, he just walking by a group of people, he could p- pick out, he could say five things about what they were wearing or what they were doing or their face or their legs or something. He could, he just remembers things. And so I was, I knew that it was like the spot was like on my hairline. So it wasn't, it wasn't visible, but to me it was. And I just remember thinking, cause I was dressed, I hadn't, didn't quite have a bump yet, but I was bigger and I was, I just didn't, I didn't know what this was. I didn't know if this was the day. I didn't know what, it was so weird, the whole thing. Because I, I know I really liked him. I know I had his baby in me. I knew, I, I knew that this was a, is this a, are we going to go for dinner? What's, I've got yeah. a spot. I, why are we seeing Godzilla? 
And sorry, he knew you were pregnant. Oh well. yeah, 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 yeah. He, he did. So we, yeah, right. so we would we were going for dinner and we were going to go and see a film to, as something nice to do right. to get to get to know each other. And we had we we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And um, I just remember <laughs> we met in the Starbucks next to Odeon, and within about five seconds, he was like, "You've got a spot." Oh wow! I was just, I was immediately like, "Well, yes, yes, I know. Uh, yes, of course, I yes, I you don't have to mention it, but yeah, I've got it. Yeah, I've got a spot." And um, he was like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't know you. I didn't know you were gonna get upset or something about that." So, well, obviously, I'm gonna get obviously I'm gonna get upset. Yeah. But, and suddenly, it was like we were already in a relationship, but, but, which we weren't yet. But anyway, we watched the film, and and I did just let it because he's really good at watching something and just watching it, right. even if it's Godzilla. He will see <laughs> yeah. it through to the end. Even bad films, he will see through to the end. And I'm always like, "But why waste time on something that's bad? He could have done five other things in that time." And then we, the film, film, film finished, and I had watched the whole thing. Sat there the whole time? Well, no, because I was pregnant, so I still went to the toilet about 18 times. <laughs> but, um, but then after the film, he kissed me. and In the cinema? In the cinema. Sat down? In public. He kissed oh, me. <laughs> and I was just like, what's going on? I was so, so shocked. And I just couldn't believe that it wasn't like a secret. And I was so happy that he had done something in public to show that he liked me, mm. even though I had this spot and I was like weird. And I, just, I just remember it just being such a massive thing, the fact that he kissed me in public. Kind of one of the first times since we had kind of agreed that this is what we were doing. And right. it was just really, it just meant so much to me. And it was just, it was the happiest thing. And it was just so nice. So Godzilla's your film. So Godzilla. That's so nice. Can I ask you two quick questions? Yeah. One is, when you found out you were pregnant, did you immediately call Alfie? Like, how did that No, work? I didn't tell him so I was four months pregnant, which is quite oh, bad. Wow. But but because we had a one-night stand... Yeah. But you, you'd you seen him... You hadn't seen him for a bit then after n- that? No, after that. I, so I told him when I was... I told him when I was four months pregnant. Basically, what happened was I was absolutely shocked that I was pregnant. So I didn't find out till quite late. And okay. then I... Was terrified that I was lose I was lose the baby. I really wanted. I so you never, immediately wanted. Never even questioned were... having abortion. Just never. It just felt so never. right. Okay. Um. And you know how? Had you always wanted kids, or was it like? Oh. Yeah, I'd always wanted kids, oh, okay. but I didn't. I did not. This was not planned, and I yeah. did not want it. And this night was meant to be one of the first nights I was trying to be like, I can have casual sex, <laughs> and I can just have a one night. I'm free. I'm easy. I'm yeah. living. I'm pregnant. Oh, I'm, it's fine. <laughs> um. So I tried really hard to think. Well, I don't want to burden him. Because I knew that he didn't want a relationship, and I, I didn't. I knew that he was on a spree of having one of his many of wanting to be free and spread his seed, um, which he did successfully. Yes. <laughs> like, good uh, he did plant. <laughs> he planted a seed. Anyway, so I, I tried really hard not to tell him, and I was. I had one of my few jobs I'd ever got as an actress. I, I really wanted, and I just got a job in a series on E4, and the what dude glue. Okay, great. And I was due to start filming. And I thought, well, if I get to 12 weeks pregnant, so I know it's kind of a bit safer to tell people, and then I get started on this job and I get a day on camera so they can't fire me, um, then I'll feel more settled to tell him and see how he feels. Yeah. And so I did. I, got, I did the first day of filming and I got on camera and then I told him by text. He, I didn't mean to tell him by text. Yeah. He, he guessed. Because he had tried to see me after the one night stand, which I felt quite good about. Because I was like, oh, sh- shows that he, you know, he's. Yeah. But I declined because I thought I don't want to tell him, and also I, I know he's probably riddled with gonorrhea, and like I just don't want to risk that hurting the baby. <laughs> um, so I just, I, um, 
So yeah, so we told each other quite late, and and then he was immediately on board and immediately really? wanting it. Yeah, it was, he's absolutely amazing, and I, I don't know why, but you know how things when you see, I can't stop thinking about everything in terms of scripts now and yeah. television, but you know how usually the first episodes of things like the pilots are usually like a, a almost a version of what the whole thing will be eventually. Yeah. That was kind of what I felt like our one night stand was. It was a real in, like a an intro to our relationship that's happened and it's been now five years. It's just, it was like a snapshot of everything that would happen in the next five years. And it seemed to just work and fit. Well, here's the next question and it's sort of, I guess, on topic, which is, by the way, Godzilla is your loving movie. It's great. What is the (laughs) film that you found the sexiest? I'm going to go about this question a different way and think of a film that I really thought was so beautiful you could eat it. Yes. And that's The Tale of Tales, which is a film oh, by yeah. Matteo Garone. and With John C. Riley And John C. Riley and Hope. my little sister. Is it? Um, she's amazing in it. She's, she was, I think she was 17 when she did it. Wow. And I'm actually in it, but I'm only in a scene and I got cut, but only was in it because of my sister. But I was heavily pregnant with Donnie. And my mum is even in it because they needed an extra that day to play my mum because the extra they had employed was fired because my mum had been there every day with my mum on BB on set yeah. they were like oh we're just, just your mum your mum can do it um, but the direct the film yeah. disregarding the fact that I have a personal connection to it and I actually think it's an absolutely amazing film an amazing piece of storytelling it, it looks like an oil painting yeah. and it's just beautiful and every scene is just you want to just just get as much out of it as possible and I think it's partly because he was a painter and he's very much an artist. But I just, I found it just so inspiring to look at. Yeah. And I wanted anything that I ever make, I just now think of it in terms of a painting and how you can make it, that element of the film, something in its own right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going about it a different way. I'm sidestepping the sexy question just because I just well, you don't know. Your sexy answer is your, your mum and your sister. My, mom, my sister is hot. <laughs> well, I have to ask you the second question, subcategory of this. You don't have to answer it, but people... Tweet me if I don't ask this question. The side category is, I mean, I sometimes wish I hadn't come up with it, but it's there now. <laughs> troubling bonus, worrying why don't. A film you found arousing and you thought, I oh, probably, that is troubling. I don't know, it's probably now something related to kids' films I'm re-watching. Yes, okay, that would be, that would make sense. Yeah. They haven't watched this yet, but I watched it recently, again, big. I find Tom Hanks, and this is why, this is why I love Toy Story so much, I find Tom Hanks so sexy i would i would drop everything for tom hanks i love him and i also love his son colin hanks who because yeah. i'm re-watching mad men at the moment and i'm obsessed i just can't get over how good it is it's i love so mad men good. the scripts are so good um colin hanks is a is a priest in it and i yeah. find him wor- worryingly attractive but yeah tom hanks as big i yeah. find attractive i think it was mainly because of his flat because I've always been, I've always <laughs> yes, been flat, made yeah. fun of because my flats that I lived in before I had children mm. looked like I had children. <laughs> because I used to, they used to be multicolour. They used to have, I used to have weird objects everywhere. Pinball machines. Just stuff like that. I just, and his flat in this film is just, I think it's the best flat ever. But it's obviously because he's a, he's a 12 year old. Yeah. But yeah, so I find that worryingly, uh, worryingly attractive. So you fancy the 12 year old in big. Okay, thank As you. As Tom Hanks. Not the 12-year-old. Even though the 12-year-old is. is quite attractive. He's a yeah. good-looking little boy. <laughs> yeah. It's a very confusing He becomes film. a really... He's an actor, I think, Yeah. Now. I think he's in um, That Thing You Do. 
He is. And in that With film, Colin Hanks. Colin Hanks is in it. Tom Hanks directed it. And Tom Hanks directed that's, and wrote just, it. That's amazing. Yeah. Just loop that all up. Yeah, he's good, that kid. He's really good. Yeah. What is the film you most relate to? What's the film you most related to? So this is probably should go in the category of films that you you shouldn't like but you do like. Okay. Is um, 10 Things I Hate. No, 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 no. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Which Seen it? Tell me why you relate. <laughs> Who are you, Matthew I'm definitely Kate Hudson. I mean, okay. I want to be Kate Hudson. I once read, read um, a thing she'd written or she was asked in an interview about, mm. you know, fun facts about Kate Hudson. And one of them was like, oh, my God. And she basically, she can drink a cup of tea or coffee and she can just have it last <laughs> all day. She can have it cold. Oh, Kate, she's so silly. She can just have it just she lying around, but then she can pick the tea up later when it can be cold, but she still drinks it. She can make it last all day. Wow. That fact has stayed with me. You like that because you go to the toilet a lot and if she's only drinking one cup of tea and it lasts all day, she'd never go to the toilet. That's one of the reasons, but it's also because I have she's like disgustingly big sips. I can drink, a, mm. like that glass is one sip for me. <laughs> a cup of tea is, I'm not even, when people offer me a cup of tea somewhere, I'm like, what? no, I can get a bucket of it at home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no point. But anyway, um, 10 things I I am... Kate Hudson's character. I wish I looked like Kate Hudson too. I've always modelled myself. That was another thing I remember reading about when I was in this annoying phase of being a teenager thinking that you have to be thin and blonde and pretty was um, a plastic surgeon had made comments in a magazine about teeth and I have like really big teeth and I've always not liked my teeth. But Kate Hudson has the classic. She was held up as like the, the textbook beauty type of teeth you should have which is two front teeth that are the same size and width, and then two littler teeth next to them. Yeah. Those ones, I don't know what they're called, um, which are half the height because that makes you look youthful and apparently that's the most and um, best ratio. Half the height, like half, a rabbit. Like, <laughs> like, not like a rabbit, but they should be much smaller than the big teeth. And if you look at Kate Hudson's teeth, she's got, she's got small little teeth next to the big these teeth, are, am I doing it? You're, you've almost got the same size. Yeah, they're the same size. That's what I thought they were meant to be. Yeah, it's the so, two next to the no, middle one. Not meant sure. to be, you've got just they're always the same size. <laughs> I'd look like a, a rabbit. <laughs> but Kate Hansen has apparently the most beautiful type of teeth you should have as a woman. Hang on, rat f- <laughs> the rat face in in Fleabag. Then Jamie Dimitri with yeah. his two long front teeth is that that's the dream? Is no, it? that's no. They're too big and too long. Right, it has to be. They have to be petite. Everything about it should be busy. Okay, right. But anyway, Kate Hudson is stunning in it, but she's also really good. She's an amazing comedic actress. And um, so is Matthew McConaughey, who I just, I, I mean, I know he's in everything and he's brilliant, but I think he's really good. You liked him before the McConaissance. Yeah. Yeah. I did. He's very good at it. Yeah. So the film is so funny because it's about one, a woman journalist is asked to write an article about how to do all the things wrong to push the guy away. And then at the same time, a guy journalist is asked to do everything to keep to make a girl fall in love with him within 10 days or within a certain amount of time. So, so that's the, that's the, that's the storyline. But the funny thing is Kate Hudson is so cringe and does things like organises a guy's night for Matthew and then makes all of his friends come over and then she lifts up a window in the kitchen like, peekaboo! <laughs> stuff like that I just relate to too much okay. and um, she like makes a photo album of all what their kids would look like um, stuff like this I found it so funny 
and relatable because I think I, at points, have accidentally done things, all the things that you should not do to, to push a guy list. away. <laughs> That's so, yeah. great. That's but him. he loves it. In the end, he does. And it's a story of like, well, he's, she's doing everything wrong and he's doing everything. He's, he doesn't let her go. Yeah. And, the, and that, that's why I think it's a good message about marriage here yes. because I sometimes think I should get married because then you can't just be like, well, we're breaking up. Yeah. It's broken. We're done. Go. Because you can't, you, you've got to, you've got to get divorced. You can't just leave. Um, and with this, she, she, he won't, even though she's so annoying and says the wrong things and is kind of does everything actively to push him away. He's like, no, you're not going to make me leave here. I'm not going anywhere. And I think I'm not going anywhere is one of the most, the best things you could ever say to somebody. It's just so, so, unless, that's what unless, love should be. Unless you're a stalker. That's unless, a terrible thing. Exactly, unless you do something really yeah. bad. I'm calling the police. I'm not going anywhere. That's romantic. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's not what I meant. The, um, the, there's a George Harrison film, I don't know if you've seen it, Living in the Material World. It's one of my favourites. Martin oh. Scorsese directed it. It's incredible. Documentary, yeah, yeah. his whole life. In it, his last wife, who he was with for a long time, and they went through an awful lot of stuff. And it, in like her talking head, she says, people often ask me, like, how, how do you keep a long-term marriage? And she said, don't get divorced. Yeah. That's her advice. And I was like, oh, that's nice. That's it, isn't it. I think that's one of the things I'm finding so hard watching about Mad Men again is because yeah. I just can't. I love the character of Don Draper. I am in love with him, but I also hate him. And I cannot guy. believe how he has ruined Betty and has had so many affairs and doesn't seem to. And then I was speaking to someone else about it and they were like, well, yeah, they, everyone had affairs then. Everyone yeah. has affairs now. Just get over it. I was like, what? Yeah. What? What? And that's what my show is about, too. It's about the fact, I mean, Alfie didn't have an affair. We're not married. He didn't have an affair. We weren't even together. But I still mm. felt it as a betrayal. Yeah. The fact that you have sex with anyone else. And um, those stories relate to me so much. Just because I just can't. Do you think that's because your mum, you you're, seem to be, is this true? You're in an unusual position. Your mum and dad are always. They're, no, they're not together. Oh, they're not together. Well, they're not, not together, but they're not together. Oh. They're just not divorced. Okay. <laughs> Certainly married, but they're, they're not, I don't have very good models of relationships. Even And this industry is the worst industry yeah. you could be in to have models of relationships. Um, I have uh, less than a handful of friends who are in good relationships. I just don't, I'm very pessimistic and sarcastic about love. And I just, I really am trying to be more hopeful about it and have more faith and to be more, be open to love more. But That's I really find fascinating it really to say hard. that. I, from seeing your show, I would have said that you're a big romantic. I am and, a big romantic. And, optim- and very, that's interesting. No, I'm pessimist. I'm a pessimist romantic. Right, yeah. But I also, I've not had many experiences of, of romance to, <laughs> because I'm not, I'm not romantic. So I think that I am, because when you say I hate flowers, Right. Then you can't then get flowers and then be like, oh, I really wanted flowers. Because yeah. once you've said it once as a joke, well, and then you, you can't take flowers. it back. I don't hate flowers, but I've now got this kind of, now I've said I hate flowers right. and I can't take it back. Well, let's say this here <laughs> and now. Jessica does not hate flowers. I don't hate flowers. I was only lying because I wanted flowers. <laughs> it, was a, it was a double bluff. It was. Okay, what's the greatest film of all time? Objectively, it might not be your favourite. What's the pinnacle of cinema? You go, wow, that's the greatest film, that one. So this won't be the greatest. This is just my greatest because okay. I, that question about the greatest film of all time, I know 
you should have a stock answer and you should have something. I, I just, I don't think I've seen the greatest films of all time. But my favourite films, well, I think it is great. Yeah, yeah, it can be both. It can okay. be the greatest and the favourite. But some people separate them. For example, someone might go, 12 Years a Slave is the greatest film of all time. Okay. But that's probably not their favourite. They don't want to like go, oh, I just want to snuggle up and watch 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be the difference. Okay, I don't, I, see, that's the thing. That's where my education about films is, is slightly amiss because I don't, I probably haven't seen the greatest film of all time. Okay. Um, but of the films you've seen? Of what? the films I've seen, it's between two and they're a very similar vibe of okay. film. And it's not a happy film, but The Squid and the Whale. Oh, great. That's such a good film. That or... So real. Igby Goes Down. Okay. You lo- that came out the other day, but someone hadn't watched it. I can't remember who it was. I'm so sorry for a funny answer. Go on, tell me. So I'm probably earing more towards The Squid and the Whale. Great film. Because I think it's just, I can watch it again and again and again, even though it's tragic. Yeah. And it makes me cry. And it's, again, about divorce and infidelity and... and uh, childhood being ruined Um, but I just can't not love it when I watch it and it might also be that's why I want to talk about Igby Goes Down too because Igby Goes Down is again it's about a teenage boy who doesn't know what he wants to do and he's Mm. brought up into quite a well-off family who are all fuck-ups and he's trying to find his way in the world and he's got an awful mother played by Susan Sarandon who is one of my favorite actresses um who isn't that loving or supportive? And the dad, Bill, Pat- played by Bill Pattinson, Pat- Patterson, but Bill- Philip Pullman. Bill, pa- why am I talking about Bill? It's because they look kind of like um, Philip Pullman. And both dads in the Squid and the Whale and Abe Goes Down mm-hmm. are depressives and are deeply sad, and they've got teenage sons. Yeah. And I don't know why I relate so much to those stories. I just I I feel for them so much for There's the boys a, for the, the boys and the dads yeah yeah I don't know why but they just really hit me and the, I think the scripts in both of those films are perfect yeah um, Igby Goes Down is a bit funnier Squid and the Whale is is extremely funny too but it's just uh, it's a different style of film but I both of them I I they I think they're the best films Squid and the Whale really spoke to me a lot mm. I really I get that that's a great film. It's I, very I think it's subtle and it's just it's one of them films where you go, oh, this is definitely your truth. Yeah, you, the man who wrote and directed this, this is this is from your heart and life. And but it also is so it's so relatable. The 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 how crushed the older son played by Jesse Eisenberg is yeah. when he realizes that his dad isn't the hero yeah. that he wanted him to be. He's not as clever. He's not as successful. He's mm. not published. It's just absolutely amazing to see how a son... And also the, the dad is so fucked up. Yeah. He so thinks he's the best and knows it, that he's not, but he won't let it. He's so proud. And then when he gets into this relationship with the student girl, who, again, is just... He's just every cliche. He's everything wrong, but the sons just want him to be the best. And, and then the younger one and the innocence there and still wanting his mum and dad to be together. That's just... I find it so tragic. I find it so... Yeah. I, and, I think that's probably why I'm I'm so affected and I'm probably talking about this kind of genre more or theme more of, of, of children realising that their parents aren't perfect and that they're not together and they're not in love anymore. I just can't <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> but it's something that we all, mm. like, experience and go through or worry about. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely smashing this. Can uh, I just say, though, about ABO's Down? Yeah, of course you can. I think ABO's Down is one of the best scripts I've ever, like, I watch it and I just, I listen. 
I, I could just listen to the, the screenplay. I think it's one of the funniest, quickest, most perfect bits of writing I've ever, ever watched. A real lost gem, that one. It is, and not yeah. many people have watched it or know about it. It's and Kieran I, and Culkin. It's Kieran Culkin. It's Claire Danes, Susan Sarandon, Jeff Goldblum, Jared Harris. Oh, I love Jared Harris. Who is amazing. Um, Amanda Peet, who's also yeah, brilliant and beautiful. It's just an amazing cast. And every performance is brilliant. I just love it. Okay. It Shout out to Rigby Goes Down. It goes down. <laughs> uh, what is the film you can or have watched the most over and over again? Well, at the moment, yeah. it's Moana. I love Moana. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, we watch it probably every, I mean, it's a two, every two or three days we watch it. Great. And it's one of the only ones which I can stomach watching over and over again. Okay. Watch it all the time. It's just, it's just beautiful. It's brilliant. It's funny. It's a lovely story. Yeah. And I am so glad that I get to watch it with them and they learn from it and love it. But it's, it's, I would never have watched it if I didn't have kids. I don't think I would have watched it if I didn't have kids. I don't have kids. I watched it at the cinema. Yeah. No I, shame. I, I, hope, I, I hope I would have. Yeah. It's great. Good answer. Ah, oh, I don't like being negative, but we'll do it quickly. What's the worst film you ever saw? This has probably come up before. Sex and City 2. It hasn't, actually. Hasn't it? No. It was, it was the it. worst for so many reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hope dashed. Because... And a shame Wasn't the hope already on the rocks after the first movie? The first film was all right. Okay. It was enough. It was like, you know when you're, you're starving and you're just, anything will do? Yeah. You were, I was so hungry for Sex and City to come back that the first film, I, I just downed yeah. and, I was, and it satisfied me. It but was then, like a hot apple pie at McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. I didn't feel great afterwards, but it, it did the trick. Your throat's kind of burnt, but yeah. you're you're satisfied. Whereas with Sex and City Two, it was just it was a it was a disaster after a disaster. It was a cold Big Mac meal, and you knew every we were too educated about everything going on outside of the film. I knew too much about the rivalries going on, how they were mm. being bitches to each other. Um, I didn't. There was no scene where Sam Kim Cattrall was in with SJP. Um, is just, there not a scene? I don't scene? think so. I think oh, yeah. that that's one of the things There's I read. There's not even like a four people around the table chat. I think that there was, it, if you watched it with that eye, you noticed They're a lot. They're always separate. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it was racist. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, there was so much wrong with it. And I feel so sad about that because I feel like it's such a missed opportunity. And they should, or they should have gone out proud and never done it again. Mm. And I think that's the lesson learned. Never keep going beyond your means, like. They should have stopped. Uh, I love the series. Yeah, I absolutely love the series. But it, it got, I think, it lost something from, from series th- from series. I think series one and two are kind of the best for me. Yeah. Mainly because I really missed the the scenes they did where they just, some characters, even if they weren't in the main group, they cut away and just talked to camera. And they just yeah, said something like, yeah. I hate it when my man does this or something. like. Just some, some little bit of truth there that just, mm. I just loved that kind of, the... It was a bit rougher. I really liked that. Yeah, it got very sentimental as it went on, which I don't mind, but it did. But then season seven, I don't know if you noticed this, I did talk about this in Startup once. Doesn't it? It's a really depressing season. It's quite a short season. I think it's when the writer's strike was. And Samantha has cancer and no one has sex. Yeah. The whole, the whole <laughs> it's like 10 episodes when no one has sex. It should just be called The City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, where's. It's a really downest 
season that forgets its remit. No one, no yeah. one. Do you remember that? I think I, well, I, I that I don't remember that. But I'm my sister has just bought on my Amazon Prime account all of the Sex and City again. Great. We'll look forward to the um, depressing so season. <laughs> I'm going to rewatch, but I think Carrie becomes less likable as the series goes on, and mm. I think that's crucial and such a problem because it's it should she should be like she we should want her. Well, she becomes too annoying. Us. She becomes a bit entitled, I think. Yeah, she because all the the other three are like a type, are a, a sort of archetype: the sexy one, the the serious Organized one, one. The, the clean one. Yeah, and then there's Sarah as well, who's the three dimensional one. She's a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit yeah. of that. And when people say, I'm such a Samantha, if everyone's really honest, you should be saying, I'm a Carrie. Yeah. Because Carrie's the bit of everything. She's all of us. But yeah, she she loses. But then we go, I don't want to be Carrie. No one wants to be Carrie by the end. But we should want to be her. Yeah. We should be proud to be Carrie. I I was proud to be a Carrie, but then Sex and City 2 came out and I... But I forgive them though, because I've I've started watching it again with with my sister. Because she's 21. So she's going through dating now and right. stuff. And she's she's getting stuff from it. And also it felt so ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, certain things about sex. And I remember what I watched it as a, I watched it way too young. Right. I had never had sex and I was watching it. You've never been in a city. I've never been in a city. I've been in Ealing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the film that made you laugh the most? You're in comedy. What's the funniest one? There's something about Mary. Okay. So you've got two Farrelly brothers. Films I know. I love it. I know. I don't. I wouldn't have thought that I would have had that. But yeah, I, I, I went to watch this with my dad at the cinema, yeah. and there were two old ladies who walked out when the uh, the hair thing happened. Right. And <laughs> I love Cameron Diaz, and I love Ben Stiller, and I just love the film so much. And it's, I think I was trying to think about other answers, but all of them are cliche. The big, old school, funny like that that kind of era of films like Zoolander and I those kind of films make me howl like uh. really pathetically. Oh no no no! Oh, hang on. The other one that I really wanted to say was Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. That makes me laugh. You can have that so much too. I'm going to give you that. Okay, I think I would choose that one over There's Something About Mary. Yeah. I think the reason why I love There's Something About Mary is because of. The Cameron Diaz character. I yeah. really just wanted to be her. But yeah, he's, Jim Carrey makes me just crumble. I love him. I love him. I'm giving you that one. Okay, good. Oh, what's your favourite? You've said that. I think it's, it's between... It's the, it's, Igby Goes Down. It's between Igby Goes Down and Squid and the Whale. Squid and the Whale. Okay. okay. Now, Jesse Cave, you've been wonderful. Even better than I had imagined. And I imagined this would be a good one. It's been lovely to have you. I've loved it. However, when you were crossing the road looking at your iPhone, when the red man was on, unlike you told your kids today, and there was a woman in a car, it was a similar version of you. She's called Messy Babe. <laughs> Messy Babe was in her big car, and she saw you crossing. She was like, motherfucker. She's, she, she'd just written a show called Moonlight, and she's like, oh, fucking hell, this girl's taking all my stuff. Sees you, speeds up. When she ran you over... It was a big car, like you said. It's a fucking mess. I'm sorry, but your body's all over the place. It's been crushed by tyres. It's been spread out like a pancake, but there's bits of road. There was roadworks going on, so there's some lights from, you know, those cones and stuff. So when we were scraping you up and getting all your bodies, quite a lot more of you than there is of you. 
We put it in the coffin, but so much of it, I, like it's been quite a bad cleanup job. There's even a cone in there. I mean, the whole thing's ridiculous. We stuffed everything into the coffin, but the coffin is now ram jammed, <laughs> and there is only room to slide one DVD in the side for you to take to the other side. And on the other side, there's movie night, and one movie night is going to be your movie night. So, what film are you taking to show to everyone in heaven? Moana. <laughs> oh, what a brilliant <laughs> night they're going to have. That would be because then I would remember my kids and yeah. I would think I was watching it with them. And and it's a fucking great film. And it's a really happy film. Yeah. yeah. With Just, some songs. Yeah. Oh, you're going to have a lovely time there. Thank you. Uh, Jesse Cave, is there anything you would like to tell people before you go? Um, like to, do you want to talk about your tour? You mean my, oh, yeah. I'm doing my show at the Soho Theatre at the end of March and I'm going on tour just before that. And then I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> And it's really, really excellent. I fully, wholeheartedly recommend it. Oh, thank you. Um, it's quite, it's quite, I've, everyone who's seen it and then I see after, is like, that was intense. So if you're <laughs> ready for an intense hour. It's also very funny, to oh, be good. clear. Thank it's you. very moving and relatable and all that, but it's very funny. Thank you. I do talk way too openly about sex and love and heartbreak and my relationship. And it's, I feel extremely naked at the end of it. But I think that there was a point to it, so I'm going through with it. Jesse <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cave, thank you so much for doing this, for being here. I send you off to heaven with Moana. Uh, please have a lovely uh, life. <laughs> and I don't know when this is going out, but it's currently Christmas. Have a merry Christmas. Thank you. It's a happy New Year. And thank you. <laughs> um, I'm waving to you. See you later. Thank you. That was episode 27 there. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for all the extra content and to help support the show and find any other treats that may be hiding there. And if you do enjoy this show, please subscribe, give it five stars and a nice review for the simple reason that apparently it helps our numbers, means more people get to hear it, I can keep making it, etc, etc, until we all die or the internet explodes. Thank you so much to Jessie Kay for coming. It was an absolute joy to spend time with her. Thank you to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it, to Acast for hosting it, and to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the artwork. And thank you, all of you, for listening. I will see you next week for a brilliant episode with Dominic Monaghan. But in the meantime, please enjoy yourselves and please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more. Online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. 
Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbour Maureen. Yeah, thank you.